discuter de tout ça. I don't want to set the world on fire. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Good evening, good afternoon, or good morning, whenever it may be, wherever you may be, and however you may be hearing my voice. Whether it be via download through one of the many podcast platforms, or if you are listening to the premiere on the Alternate Current Radio's live stream, I appreciate you tuning in and joining me as we attempt to navigate the shark-infested waters of the agenda-centivized media and look past the propaganda. This is your daily dose of what's currently all the ruckus. What in God's name is going on in here? What was that ruckus? Uh, what ruckus? I was just in my office and I heard a ruckus. Could you describe the ruckus, sir? Watch your tongue, young man. Watch it. Howdy, folks. What do murderers, rapists, thieves, street preachers, and anti-vaxxers have in common? Well, depending on who you ask, they're all criminals. You're listening to Alternate Current Radio. I'm Adam Clark, and this is The Daily Ruckus. A Christian pastor who was arrested after he preached from the Bible said he was treated quote-unquote shamefully, according to Daily Mail Online. John Sherwood, 71, was led away in handcuffs, questioned in a police station, and held overnight after being accused of making homophobic comments outside Uxbridge Station in West London. The grandfather claimed he was left bruised after police pulled him from a mini stepladder he was using and cuffed his hands behind his back. Police said they had received complaints the man had been making quote-unquote allegedly homophobic comments and arrested him under the Public Order Act, which can be used under the vague proviso that someone is using quote-unquote abusive or insulting words that cause quote-unquote harm to someone else. He was later released without charge. Mr. Sherwood, a pastor for 35 years, said, quote, I wasn't making any homophobic comments. I was just defining marriage as a relationship between a man and a woman. I was only saying what the Bible says. I wasn't wanting to hurt anyone or cause offense. I was doing what my job description says, which is to preach the gospel in open air as well as in a church building. When the police approached me, I explained that I was exercising my religious liberty and my conscience. I was forcibly pulled down from the steps and suffered some injury to my wrist and to my elbow. I do believe I was treated shamefully. It should never have happened." Mr. Sherwood, who preaches at an independent evangelical church in North London, was arrested under the Public Order Act for allegedly causing alarm or distress. He was released without charge, but 
the file has now been passed to the Crown Prosecution Service for review. The Metropolitan Police said a member of the public flagged down patrol officers and alleged Mr. Sherwood had made homophobic comments. Mobile phone footage of the arrest shows Mr. Sherwood standing on the stepladder with a Bible in his hand outside a tube station in Uxbridge, West London. Officers can be heard telling him to get off his steps before they appear to grasp his hands and pull him down. Onlookers can be heard shouting, he's an elderly man, take it easy with him, before officers put Mr. Sherwood in handcuffs and take him to a police car. Mr. Sherwood said officers grilled him over his attitude to gay people. He was even asked what he would do if his children were gay. The married father of two said, quote, the question was irrelevant to the allegation against me. I said I would seek to bring them to Christ, but of course I would love them no matter what, because they're my children, end quote. A spokeswoman for the campaign group Christian Concern said police needed greater understanding of the law surrounding freedom of speech and religion. She added, quote, There is an idea that if people are offended, you should arrest someone. But in this country, we also have freedom of speech, end quote. A Met Police spokesman said its Directorate of Professional Standards had assessed video footage of Mr. Sherwood's arrest and had found no evidence of misconduct by officers. A statement posted to a Christian Facebook by one of his supporters read, quote, Whilst he was preaching... He expounded the final verses of Genesis 1, declaring that God's purpose in creating mankind was to set human beings in families, headed by a father and a mother, not by two fathers or by two mothers, end quote. Pastor Peter Simpson, minister of Penn Free Methodist Church in Buckinghamshire, who was preaching with Pastor Sherwood before the arrest, said, quote, Everything he said was Bible-based. He was not saying anything abusive. He is a Christian minister. There did not seem to be any recognition from the police that Christian ministers and such views exist. If there was a pride parade in Uxbridge, the police would support it even if Christians were offended. You don't have to be an evangelical Christian to be shocked by this. Anyone who cares about liberty should be concerned about what happened in Uxbridge. This is about defending our Christian civilization or what is left of it. The belief in Genesis is fundamental to Christian belief. The state has no right to designate that some parts of God's word are no-go areas. Whatever one's personal views on homosexuality might be, it is surely pertinent to ask what kind of nation have we become that the minister of a Christian church is arrested for upholding in the public square the very truths which Her Majesty the Queen promised to uphold in her coronation oath in 1953 with a Bible in her hand, end quote. Andrea Williams, chief executive of the Christian Legal Center, said, quote, Street preaching has a long and honored history in the UK. In many ways, it is symbolic of the kind of freedoms we have treasured in this nation. So to see a 70-year-old 
old pastor arrested in such a manner for preaching the gospel in London is deeply concerning. The laws to protect the freedom to preach in public are very strong. Sadly, what we are seeing all too often is police officers who are quick to arrest at the first suggestion that a member of the public is offended because of the prevailing cancel culture. End quote. Dailymail.co.uk Well, that's pretty interesting. Under just the right circumstances, apparently preaching from the Bible could get you arrested. Who knew that was a crime? And as if that wasn't alarming enough, here's a scary thought. Is dissent the next thing to become criminalized? Like something straight out of George Orwell's 1984? C.J. Hopkins for Consent Factory Inc. writes, One of the hallmarks of totalitarian systems is the criminalization of dissent, not just the stigmatization of dissent or the demonization of dissent, but the formal criminalization of dissent and any other type of opposition to the official ideology of the totalitarian system. Global capitalism has been inching its way toward this step for quite some time, and now, apparently, it is ready to take it. Germany has been leading the way. For over a year, anyone questioning or protesting the COVID emergency measures or the official COVID-19 narrative has been demonized by the government and the media, and sadly, but not completely unexpectedly, the majority of the German public. And now, such dissent is officially quote-unquote extremism. Yes, that's right. In New Normal Germany, if you dissent from the official state ideology, you are now officially a dangerous extremist. The German intelligence agency, the BFV, has even invented a new category of quote-unquote extremists in order to allow themselves to legally monitor anyone suspected of being quote, anti-democratic and or delegitimizing the state in a way that endangers security, end quote. Like, you know, non-violently protesting or speaking out against or criticizing or satirizing the so-called new normal. Naturally, I'm a little worried as I have engaged in most of these quote-unquote extremist activities. My thought crimes are just sitting there on the internet waiting to be scrutinized by the BFV. They're probably Google translating this column right now, compiling a list of all the people reading it, and their Facebook friends and Twitter followers, and professional associates, and family members, and anyone any of the aforementioned people have potentially met with or casually mentioned who might have engaged in similar thought crimes. You probably think I'm joking, don't you? I'm not joking. Not even slightly. The Federal Office for Protection of the Constitution is actively monitoring anyone questioning or challenging the official new normal ideology. The COVID deniers, the conspiracy theorists, the anti-vaxxers, and anyone else they feel like monitoring who has refused to join the Covidian cult. We're now official enemies of the state. No no different than any other terrorists. Or, okay, technically, 
a little different. As the New York Times reported last week, quote, the danger from coronavirus deniers and conspiracy theorists does not fit the mold posed by the usual politically driven groups, including those on the far left and right, or by Islamic extremists, end quote. Still, according to the German Interior Ministry, we diabolical COVID deniers, conspiracy theorists, and anti-vaxxers have, quote, targeted the state itself, its leaders, businesses, the press, and globalism, and have attacked police officers and defied civil authorities, end quote. According to Al Jazeera, the German Interior Ministry explained that these, quote, extremists encourage supporters to ignore official orders and challenge the state monopoly on the use of force, end quote. Seriously, can you imagine anything more dangerous? Mindlessly following orders and complying with the state's monopoly on the use of force are the very cornerstones of modern democracy, or some sort of political system anyway. But see, there I go again, being anti-democratic and delegitimizing the state, not to mention quote-unquote relativizing the Holocaust, also a criminal offense in Germany, by comparing one totalitarian system to another. This isn't just a German story, of course. The new normal war on domestic terror is a global war, and it's just getting started. According to a Department of Homeland Security National Terrorism Advisory System bulletin and the corporate media propaganda machine, democracy remains under imminent threat from these, quote, ideological motivated violent extremists with objections to the exercise of governmental authority and other such grievances fueled by false narratives, including anger over COVID-19 restrictions, end quote. These COVID-denying, quote-unquote, violent extremists have apparently joined forces with the, quote-unquote, white supremacist Russia-backed Trump-loving Putin Nazis that terrorized democracy for the past four years and almost overthrew the U.S. government by sauntering around inside the U.S. Capitol building without permission, scuffling with police, attacking furniture, and generally acting rude and unruly. No, they didn't actually kill anyone, as the corporate media all reported they did, but trespassing in a government building and putting your feet up on politicians' desks is pretty much exactly the same as terrorism. Or whatever. It's not like the truth actually matters. Not when you're whipping up mass hysteria over imaginary Russian assets, white supremacist militias, COVID-denying extremists, anti-vax terrorists, and apocalyptic plagues. When you're rolling out a new, official, totalitarian ideology and criminalizing all dissent, the point is not to appear to be factual. The point is just to terrorize the crap out of people. As Hermann Goering famously explained regarding how to lead a country to war, and the principle holds true for any big transition, like the one we are experiencing currently, quote, the people can always be brought to the bidding of the leaders. That is easy. All you have to do is tell them they are being attacked and denounce the pacifists for lack of patriotism and expose the country to danger, end quote. The message being sent by the German Interior Ministry and the DHS is unmistakably clear. It might not seem all that new, but it is. Yes, they have been telling us, quote-unquote, we 
are being attacked and denouncing critics, protesters, and dissidents for 20 years since the War on Terror was launched in 2001, but this is a whole new level of it. A fusion of official narratives and their respective official enemies into a singular, aggregate official narrative in which dissent will no longer be permitted. Instead, it will be criminalized. Global capitalist governments and their corporate media mouthpieces are telling us in no uncertain terms that objection to their authority will no longer be tolerated nor will dissent from their official narratives. Such dissent will be deemed quote-unquote dangerous and above all false. It will not be engaged with or rationally debated. It will be erased from public view. There will be an inviolable official reality. Any deviation from official reality or defiance of the civil authorities will be labeled extremism and dealt with accordingly. This is the essence of totalitarianism, the establishment of an inviolable official ideology and the criminalization of dissent. And that is what is happening right now. A new official ideology is being established. Not a state ideology, a global ideology. The new normal is that official ideology. Technically, it is an official post-ideology, an official reality, an axiomatic fact which only criminals and psychopaths would deny. I'll leave you with two more quotes. Here's California State Senator Richard Pan, author of an op-ed in the Washington Post titled Anti-Vax Extremism is Akin to Domestic Terrorism, quoted in the Los Angeles Times. Quote, These extremists have not yet been held accountable, so they continue to escalate violence against the body public. We must now summon the political will to demand that domestic terrorists face consequences for their words and actions. Our democracy and our lives depend on it. They've been building alliances with white supremacists, conspiracy theorists, and others on the far right. End quote. And here's Peter Hotez in Nature magazine. Quote, the United Nations and the highest levels of governments must take direct, even confrontational, approaches with Russia and move to dismantle anti-vaccine groups in the United States. Efforts must expand into the realm of cybersecurity, law enforcement, public education, and international relations. A high-level interagency task force reporting to the UN Secretary General could assess the full impact of anti-vaccine aggression and propose tough, balanced measures. The task force should include experts who have tackled complex global threats such as terrorism, cyber attacks, and nuclear armament, because anti-science is now approaching similar levels of peril. It is becoming increasingly clear that advancing immunization requires a counter-offensive. End quote. We'll be hearing a lot more rhetoric like this as this new, more totalitarian structure of global capitalism gradually develops. Probably a good idea to listen carefully and assume the new normals mean exactly what they say. Consentfactory.org Well, there we go, folks. That's all I've got for today. I'll catch you all on the next one, God willing. Here's hoping the thought police, I mean, the German interior ministry and 
the DHS, don't listen to the Daily Ruckus. I'd hate to be considered a dangerous, violent extremist. Because that just sounds like a lot of work, and to be completely honest, I'm just pretty tired. For the ACR, I'm Adam Clark, and this has been the Daily Ruckus for Tuesday, May 4th, 2021. For more information, please visit alternatecurrentradio.com.